0: This episode of Ladies Who League is proudly brought to you by Rugby League Sports Management. Nurturing, assisting, supporting and planning for your rugby league career.
1: Australia Ladies
0: Who League. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Ladies Who League. As you know, this week is Women in League round, but not just any women in League round. This year, Women in League celebrates 10 years. We think that women in our game are worth celebrating, so every day this week you'll be treated to an interview with a different woman involved in our game. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by current chairperson at the West Tigers, Marina Goh, Good morning, Marina. Good morning. Thank you so much for making the time to come in and join me. It's great to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Thought we'd start at the beginning. Can you describe (laughs) yourself in 30 seconds?
1: Oh, my God. I know
0: that's hard, isn't Um, it?
1: Okay, so I am a journalist um, with an MBA, turned to business. I have two sons. Um, I am a media person, I guess. I've, I've written a book. I'm an author. Um, and um, and I'm very, very passionate about um, my, my beautiful rugby league team um, and, and our community. So I don't know. I do other things on the side, you know, I'm on lots of boards. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, does that, is that what you want? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's perfect. That sounds okay. right about you,
0: wearing me? plenty of different hats lots all the time and very passionate about your West Tigers. Yes. So let's get to those West Tigers, Marina. What made you decide to accept
1: the role as chairperson in the first place? Well, I have this interesting story, I guess, in that um, I originally came to the sport because uh, Dave Smith was very, very keen on having more women in governance roles um, within his sport. And um, so it was a very opportune time for me. I'd spent six years on the board of Netball Australia and so I had, you know, solid sports governance experience and I was very, very keen to join another sports board and, and I actually wanted to join a male sports board that needed diversity. So that was my big tick. Um, so when somebody mentioned NRL, I thought, fantastic. And my son's are mad NRL fans, um, one a Rooster supporter, one's a West Tiger supporter. So I was originally approached um, to interview for an independent director role um, with a club. I didn't know which club. And as I left home, my sons were going, it can't be St. George, it can't be St. You know, because of course, as you know, it was very tribal, um, our rugby league and and my children. But I said to them, look, you know, I I don't know which club, but I'll go and talk. So, of course, when I discovered it was the West Tigers, I was so excited because I knew that that would be okay. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I joined because uh, this is a a sport that does a lot of great good in the community. I think, you know, it's, it's heartland. I really love the fact that it's heartland. Um, you know, I grew up in a working class family. Uh, my brother was a mad rugby league fan and played at rugby league. And so, you know, rugby league, I guess, was the sport in our house. So I'm familiar with it. And and then, of course, I have these sons that love it. Um, so I was very excited to be part of something that um, could kind of transition our sport for the future. That's what I That was really what attracted me initially. And then at the first board meeting, um, I was uh, nominated as the only person <laughs> to be the chair um, and I was a little bit anxious, I have to say. I took a deep breath and I thought, oh, my God, I've just joined this club, this sport and initially like straight into the deep end as a chair. But anyone who knows me knows that, um, you know, my philosophy is you, you, know, you say yes and then you work it out, right? That's my thing. So I had to walk the talk and um, so I took a deep breath. I said, yep, and I've been working it out and I really love it. I mean the first three months were, um, you know, a huge learning curve. But, um, I, you know, I ask, I, I rang the other chairman, you know, I have no problem ringing other people. Um, you know, within the first two weeks I was having coffee with Nick Pappas and, you know, um, picking his brains about things and, um, uh, you know, Lawrence Onsini is one of my kind of chairman mentors, although he, you know, he laughs when I say that to him. You know, I, re- I rang Dennis a lot, Dennis from the Broncos, um, Bart Campbell from the Melbourne Storm. So really great men who have helped me really find the way. So, um, yeah, I love it.
0: Sounds like you do. Mm. And, Maureen, I think that's something that I love about you, how willing you are to work with the other clubs because yeah. as a sport, we all get better together and if we can learn from each other, we all get better together.
1: Yep, absolutely. And, you know, uh, well, that's what you do. I think that's what you do as a person in any, any industry, any business. I think you need to learn from people with more experience. I've never been afraid to ask for advice. And the great thing is even though we're, you know, it's still tribal, if I'm, you know, if it's the Tigers versus the Cowboys, I can tell you right now, you know, it, I want my beautiful West Tigers to win. Um, so, you know, I'm still, I'm still going for my team and they're still going for their team. But when it comes to issues of governance and there are some common issues in the game that we need to deal with, um, we, we, you know, most of us understand that the sport improves and grows if we all work together. And that's ultimately um, how I like to work with people.
0: And it's that concept of bringing the next generation up with you. So, Marina, while you may have spoken to other chairmen at clubs, mm. hopefully the next generation of women coming through can look to you as someone
1: that they can come to it for advice. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I'm always contacted by women in our sport but also outside of our sport who want to be in our sport. There's so many women who want to be part of rugby league. I love it. Um, there's no way that, you know, you know, people often say, oh, women wouldn't want to be part of this. And, you know, Mary, obviously you're a classic example wonderful case in point of um, women wanting to be part of it but you know also in regards to governance and um, and just working in the sport just women love this sport it's it's got a huge following and I spend a lot of time um, having coffees with young women who want to be part of the sport and I would love to be um, you know I I, well I I hope that I'm a role model for those women it is one of the you know I'm very conscious of the fact that um by being a female chair, it means that I have made other women believe that they could possibly do it too. And, and if that's the only contribution I make to rugby league, I'll be really happy. So I think you've made more than just that contribution, <laughs> but I can certainly say that that is definitely something
0: that I look to you for inspiration for. So thank you for that. Good. Thank you. My pleasure. Now let's get to the Tigers. What's the biggest change at the club since when you started to where the club is now?
1: I think it's probably the fact that we determine a strategy really early and I feel, I mean, it's really hard to comment on the past because I wasn't there. Uh, I mean, clearly there were issues and, you know, it was a joint venture club and, and you know, it, you know, it, it was what it was. Um, I think having three independents on the board for the last couple of years and, you know, we now have two but we had three to begin with, uh, meant that there were at least three people on the board who were um, – pretty much focused on the future and and really went unencumbered by the past. And I think that really helps. So the board is very focused on the future. There's, you know, we try not to look back. Of course, we, uh, you know, we, we make sure that we respect our history and we do. Um, and certainly our two um, shareholder clubs, we absolutely respect the history, but we also understand that um, the future is West Tigers. It's not, it's not um, either club alone. So, I think having a strategy that builds on that one brand, uh, one team philosophy, um, ensuring that we instill a culture of uh, winning and respect within our organisation. Um, I think it, it didn't have a, it didn't have a strong culture. It certainly didn't have that culture when when we um, came on board. But then also really boring things like um, compliance. You know, I mean, having a risk framework, understanding um, compliance, understanding the, I guess the Financial risks, um, our our appetite for risk, um, and and also what it would take for us to be a financially sustainable organisation, which is what we need to be, in order to be successful in the future. So, I think they're the major changes. They're things you don't see. Most people don't see that. Um, we're really excited about the progression that we've made um, behind the scenes. It's been fantastic, um, and then it's starting to play out now on the field. You know, I mean, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we're pretty excited. I mean, last year, our first year. Um, you know, most of the year we we're talking about wooden spoon and avoiding it, really. You know, I had people sending me wooden spoons in the mail, <laughs> which was very painful. Um, this year, everyone's talking about top eight. And, you know, we had a dinner this week, actually, to thank our one of our outgoing independent um, directors, Lucio Di Bartolomeo, for his service. And we were saying to him just how different it is, the feeling um, when people are talking about top eight rather than wooden spoon. You know? <laughs> so um, So, you know, that's progress we're still not where we'd like to be but we're on a path and and it's a really positive path um the energy the vibe within the organization is so fantastic uh the you know we've always had great young men in else in our club and we'll get to uh, them don't, yeah. don't worry okay and <laughs> I know, and I know you're partic- particularly keen on at least one of our young men <laughs> but yeah a lot has changed uh, you know honestly for me it's transformed and if you you know, one of one of our directors actually um, currently on the board was on the previous board. So he was on the, you know, the previous board, then he was on the, the board before the current shareholder sh- situation changed again, and obviously now still on the board. And he just said to me the other night, it's light years away from where it used to be. He cannot believe the difference. So, you know, we're pretty proud of ourselves, to be honest. I think you should be. And it's reflective
0: of the you know, culture comes from the top and you set that standard at a board level yeah. and then it begins to filter its way through the organisation. Uh-huh. That's right. And Marina, what I'm also interested in, can you tell our listeners what the difference is between sitting on the board at a club, being the CEO at a club <laughs> and being the coach? I asked Raylene this and it was yeah. interesting to hear her response.
1: Yeah, look. I think um, the, the most important thing is for people to understand. I don't choose the team, right? So I think um, a lot of people think that um, as chair, I choose the team. I'm making decisions. You know, it's quite extraordinary. I'm telling, you're doing everything. You're I'm doing, doing more than what you're doing. I'm doing everything. I'm telling the coach what to do. Honestly, there would not be enough hours in the day if I was doing any of that. Um, so you know, the coach is the coach is responsible for um, the the team. He's, you know, the coach makes the decisions around who plays, who doesn't play um, day in, day out, or week in, week out. We don't play every day, week in, week out. Um, the coach and the football department and the CEO, I guess, work together to determine um, the, the list. And there's a list management committee. I'm not part of that, surprisingly. Does that surprise you? I'm not part of it. Doesn't surprise me. It may
0: surprise some <laughs> yeah. people, Marina. And
1: I should not be part of that, and no chair should be part of that. So, um, that that's contained. Obviously, the, the football experts are the people who make that decision. So they do that. Uh, the CEO runs the organisation. The CEO is responsible for managing, um, delivering on the strategy, delivering on the. And our strategic goals are bigger than just winning each week. Um, they're to do with um, how we derive our revenue. You know, growing, growing our uh, our team within the sport, um, delivering on. You know, big projects like our Centre of Excellence. So he, he works with government at all different levels, sponsors to build our sponsorship list. Um, so even the CEO's role is, is bigger than just choosing the team every week. Uh, and then as, as the chair, you know, I, and look, every, every club will have a different way of governing. And, um, and I guess it's an evolving sport. So there will be quite, you know, vast differences. Um, I think some clubs are probably have a chair that's closer to being a president, but I literally, I'm, I chair the board, which means that I am first among equals on the board. So we're all the same on our board. I just happen to be the person who uh, chairs the chairs the board meetings, um, and and I guess on on topics of governance, I would speak. Uh, to the media about topics of governance, I try to avoid having conversations around football players, uh, primarily because it's not my area of expertise or my or my area of responsibility. You know, Justin can do that or, or Jason. Uh, so the board works on setting the future strategic direction um, with the executive team, CEO, and uh, and then we just make sure we monitor the progress and we make sure that the club is compliant. Um, our, one of our, bis- our biggest risk areas, of course, salary cap. That should come as no surprise to you. And so we monitor that very, very carefully. Um, we monitor that our club doesn't go outside the cap. We don't monitor how they spend it within though, right? So um, those decisions are made uh, within the football department and um, in, in negotiation with the CEO around, you know, the budget considerations. Um, so, you know, that's what we do. Marina. (laughs) Does that make sense to you? (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely makes sense to me.
0: Marina, I've watched a number of rugby league games with you over the last couple of years and I think one of my favourite things about you is the absolute joy that you derive from your West Tigers team. I'd love to hear about your relationship with the
1: players. Oh, look, honestly, I can't even begin to tell you how surprised I am myself at just how much... You know, I just how I feel about those young men. Um, I feel like I'm their mum. I know that sounds really terrible because I'm not, I'm not their mum. I'm their chair and they've got mums. Um, but I feel it, it just feels like we're family. And, um, and I, I love going into the sheds after the game as, as every chair does, you know, chairs go in after the game. And, um, you know, I was told very early by Nick Pappas, you must go in after the game. You shake the hands of the player. So he kind of told me, you know, what I needed to do as the chair um and you know my players give me a hug um and i and i absolutely love it because they're so excited uh they know i care about them and um and it's genuine and i think we have a really lovely relationship um they're very comfortable with me i think um and they feel comfortable talking to me about anything so i th- i think that's really great but yeah i i um i find it really difficult watching watching them get injured Um, You know, watching James Tedesco during the State of Origin and when, you know, the Queensland players were piling on top. And I was sitting with Greg Tonner, the CEO of the Cowboys, and I said to him, get those players off my, off Off my my teddy. teddy. (laughs) (laughs) And he laughed and and he was trying to egg me on. He said, go down there and drag him off Marina, go down there and get him off the field. It was so funny. I thought, yeah, you'd really love that. Imagine, imagine Teddy, Teddy's horror if I've appeared on the sideline trying to drag him off the field. Imagine the headlines oh, the I'll next day. But I did, I did think about it, Mary, as you might understand. So, um, I, I do care about them. I'm, I'm overjoyed for them when they win. I feel their pain when they lose. Um, but I'm proud of them all the time because I think, you know, these guys put their body on the line. I know they get paid for it. It's a professional sport. Absolutely. Um, however. You know, they—it's a brave thing for them to go out there and um, and against some of those bigger teams. You know, have you seen the forward pack of the of um, the Bulldogs, for example? Yes, or the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, they're giants. Exactly. So yeah, I'm just really proud of them. That's what I like to hear. Marina,
0: <laughs> is there a particular player that has, say, an on-field persona that doesn't match his off-field persona?
1: Um. Yeah, look, I think because you um, seem to have yes, a very sweet team, so. actually. Yeah, yeah. Look, they're really lovely young men. I think Jesse Sue. Okay. So you know, Jesse. Jesse on the field is a very you know he's tough, and people talk about how you know he he looks angry all the time, and um, you know I think somebody described me as, as described him to me as looking mean, and I thought he is the sweetest man, um, and he's very shy and he's quiet and all of those things, but. You know, when he's when he's out there, he wants to win. Mm. And uh, and I, when you go, the TV camera's going for close-up, um, you can see it all over his face, his determination to win. But he's completely the opposite um, off-field. So, yeah.
0: Marina, it <laughs> sounds like you have a very special relationship <laughs> with your players. What about fans? Can you tell me any memorable or touching fan moments that you've had over your time at the
1: Tigers? Oh, we have fantastic fans. Um, and there are... People embrace me, which is really lovely. And you know, I, I am often in the chairman's lounge or a corporate box, obviously watching the game because we entertain our sponsors and, um, you know, and our premium members and that sort of thing. So I, I, you know, I rarely watch it in the grandstand with everybody else. But in order to get from there down to the sheds, often I'll walk through, you know, the public areas and, Women cuddle me, which I really love. They come up and cuddle me. Um, I remember a woman coming up and saying to me that, you know, her daughter, uh, I was a role model for her daughter and, you know, that makes me feel so happy. Um, But, you know, just walking through the crowd, people high-five you, do that. So it's, it's really great. But people also, because I'm on social media and I know that, I know that not every chair is on social media but, you know, I work in media and I work in, you know, digital media so social media is part of my life uh, for better or for worse. Um, mm-hmm. Some of our fans and particularly our premium members will send me private messages and they're really protective of me which is really interesting. So, you know, naturally it's natural that, it, you know, it, every CEO, every chair, it would be no different regardless of, the you know, the particular issue of the day. Um is criticized. You know, you can't please everybody all the time. We understand that. But I find very often that I don't need to respond to it because my members pile in on my behalf and, um, and will stick up for me very often, which is very nice. So, yeah, look, I've been sent beautiful emails um, of support. Um, I always feel supported. I've never, ever felt, even at the height of any crisis that we've ever had, I've never felt um, under any threat or pressure from our members because I think the, um, you know, the ones that really love the club put the club first and they understand that it is entirely about the club. Every decision that's made is made in the best interest of the club and, you know, sometimes you make difficult decisions because you need to, always have to, but it's club first and that's the reason we do it and and our members um, understand that and they love it. And I think the membership aspect is something that makes being
0: a director on a sports board very different to say being a director of a listed ASX 100 yeah. company. What are some of the other differences that, that appear?
1: <laughs> um-
0: There'd be lots so much. Yeah,
1: look, I look, it's, you know, it's a, it's a different organization. Um, well, one of the things is it's much more fun. Let me tell you, it's a much more interesting organization. And, um, you know, uh, two of my independent directors, um, you know, we, we talk about this often because, uh, if you're, a you know, if you're on a lot of other boards, then clearly you have, um, something to compare with. And we talk about the fact that there are, you know more i guess more rigid structures that kind of thing um very very clear paths in some of the other organizations that we sit on boards but there's nothing as as fun as chairing a um a football club board um or just you know being a director on a football club board because i guess one of the things is very often um curveballs come at you in a way that <laughs> that <laughs> doesn't happen quite as often or as readily. I mean, it's a very high-profile um, board, you know. I mean, that, I guess that's the other thing. People care who you are. They don't care so much when you're on a public listed company board unless something goes wrong. and That's, mm. that's often when, but good or bad, they want to know who you are. And um, so I think there's that kind of very, uh, it's a very public um, role that I have, uh, which has been interesting for me. Um but also too i mean it's it's essentially a not for profit so you know the the shareholder expectations are very different mm. you know in a in a, um, a business board then obviously it's all about profit um, with this within this it's about winning and um, and sometimes the decisions you make to win mean that you 're not necessarily going to be as profitable as you'd like to be, and that's around investment in football departments and that sort of thing and so you can see that that's why there's be, been a bit of an arms race in recent years with football departments. Um, but that's the reason because shareholders are not saying, I want to return on this investment. They're saying, we want to win. want that Very, trophy. very different. Yep. Shield. Um, absolutely. Shield. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a pursuit of passion. And that's, I think that's the reason why I love it because there's nothing as pure as um, being part of something that people do just for passion.
0: And I think that's the most powerful thing about sport—that mm. it has that incredible ability to bring people together. And you spoke yeah. earlier about fans rallying around you. It's because the yeah. Tigers are a family, yeah. And it's a, it's the mm. one thing that would unify a whole bunch of people that otherwise wouldn't be unified.
1: And that's something that I love about it as well. Yeah, and and you know, you know, we obviously had the Western Suburbs Magpies and the Balmain Tigers come together to, to form the West Tigers, and and we are a family you know and and i know that people like to make something of or try and you know there are lots of haters in the world and they you know they try everywhere. and pretend yeah they're everywhere and they and they'd like to try and pretend or you know or suggest that there is division within our ranks and there really isn't you know we are we're west tigers we're solid um and we're all heading in a direction and there's an entire generation of fans um you know my youngest son is 18 he doesn't know anything else but the west tigers and that's the that's the beauty. That's our future. So I think that um you know anyone on the fringe who's making noises about there being a division, you know, is completely wrong and particularly um, outdated, because we know that we know where this club's going and we understand that that it's a united future. I think the hashtag is winners one, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, that's our hashtag, winners one. Winners
0: one. We're doing a little bit of promotion for the social media team, which are outstanding the at West the titles, Tigers. might I add. Although we're playing your team tonight. Oh. Uh, Look, I'm not. I'm just no, not going to say okay. anything because I'll incriminate myself. I'll say something like, oh, well, I hope Aaron Woods and James Tedesco do well and then all my paramaterials' friends will get upset at me. Fair enough. This week, Ladies Who League celebrates women in league ground. We're chatting with Marina Goh and we'll be back in a sec. Radio Hub is Australia's premier podcasting facility. With high-quality sound equipment and production services, Radio Hub is a one stop shop for all your podcasting needs. So, if you're ready to jump into the exciting realm of podcasting, contact Radio Hub on 0402 870 900 or email info at radiohub.com.au. A question out of self interest, Marina. If you were approached to be a director at the Paramaterials tomorrow and you said yes, let's just pretend <laughs> you said yes, what would be the three first things you would do at that club?
1: Oh look, you know it's Mary. Don't sell it, no, 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 I don't think anyone no. would think about selling it. Mm-hmm. I think it, you know, um, the Sydney Morning Herald tried, uh, did an interview with me and um, wanted me to talk about you know what I what my advice would be to that club, and I was really reluctant to do it at the time, and because the board was still there, and I have, you know, look, I have respect for anyone who puts time into. Um, this pursuit because, you know, we certainly don't get paid. I don't know where the Parramatta Eels directors did, but certainly I don't get paid to be the chair of the West Tigers. It takes up a lot of time, you do it for passion. So, you know, I'm always very careful not to tell other people how to do it, but, you know, clearly there's no board at the That's moment, there's right. administrators. Um, I, I think it's really important to win back the trust of um, the members and um, to, to set a framework really quickly. So, a strategic session very early around um, what it means, what it means to be a successful club. What do we need to do to get this club back on track? But again, I think for the I think for the Parramatta Eels, you've you've got a great team. Okay, so you know I I look at those young men. I, I'm so in awe of your players and your members because your members of all the clubs are so supportive and they really could have done a runner. I mean, it's quite extraordinary. So I think, you know, I take my hat off. You don't actually have to convince your members that your club is um, a good brand or that, you know, someone worth following. They're there. But you do need to win back the trust of the community and um, commercial partners. I think that's really important. So I think getting very clear very early around um, a framework of what trust means and how are you going to behave? So that culture piece is really important. You need you, you need a set of values very early and, we you know, we did that really quickly with the West Tigers. We sat down as a board. We had a strategy session early because, you know, we had also lost some of the support of some of our partners um, and, and we went to them very early with a strategic framework and we said, look, this is where the club's going and this is our value system and then we had an open forum with our members and we talked to them about that and they could ask us any questions and... I thought it was really important that early on they could tell that we were honest people and that we cared about their club. I think it's really important that, you know, whoever is on that board, that the messaging is out there very early that they love the club and that you can trust us to do the right thing by this club. I just, I mean, it sounds very simplistic, I know, but I actually think that that's the most important thing you can do. You're going to have to do a whole other bunch of things behind the scenes financially, compliance wise, that kind of thing. Your, you know, Audit and Risk Committee will take care of some of that and that's what we did. But, um, yeah, I just think a public – winning winning the community back, winning sponsors back is about trust and values.
0: I completely agree. And, Marina, I'm so glad you touched on the fans and the players mm-hmm. as well because as a fan I'm so incredibly proud – at what my team has managed to do on the field this year. They could have stopped turning up 10 weeks ago and I wouldn't have been angry at them. I would have understood what they were going through. But the way that they've continued to turn up, and they've lost two in a row now, but I think that's really the result of a number of injuries we've had, a number of players Hmm. that are unavailable due to reasons that no one thought would arise at the beginning of the year. And I think effectively all the circumstances outside are finally beginning to seep their way in but. Yeah. The fans, I think, are very proud of the team and are just yeah. looking for a group of individuals that, as you say, love the club, that can yep. be
1: trusted and are competent to do their job. Yep, that's it. I mean, it's it's no trickier than that, I promise you. It really isn't. Um, and that's what we have at the West Tigers. We have committed people who have various skill sets. But, you know, ultimately, we really care about this club and our uh, fans and members, our players now know that they can trust us to do the right thing with this organisation. And that's what it comes down to.
0: No, I, I really like that, Marina. Now tell me, what is your favourite moment in rugby league this year? Have you got a standout?
1: Oh, God. Well, when we win. <laughs> Every time we well, win, that's, been lots that's of those. a bit of a favourite moment. <laughs> there have been lots of those. It's lots of those, yeah. Oh, God. I, I can't even think of a particular moment. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I was very proud to support, you know, even though it was a dead rubber, to go along and watch James um, debut for the State of Origin because, you know, like a proud mum I was there. Um, you know, honestly, wasn't that a priceless moment? Aaron will hate that I say this when he did his little dive. (laughs) Aaron did his little dive, which is now a meme. I'm sure (laughs) he can get his own sponsorship as a result of that. Um, oh, look, there are lots, there are, there are lots of moments. As I said, every, every time one of our plays, like, you know, Josh LOI just, you know, his first ever try in an NRL game in the last game, you know, I was really excited about that for him. Yeah. Lots of moments. I, I just, find individual when something wonderful happens for one of our players and it's the first and they're so happy I'm really happy. I think (laughs) a couple of my favorite
0: moments have come out of the Tigers this Mm. year so I definitely think about Woodsy's dive because that (laughs) was hilarious. I think about when a particular signing was announced so the signing of Elijah Taylor so I've already given a bit of kudos to the West Tigers media team but there was this particular fan that I think that Decided every single day he was going to oh, yeah. tweet the Tigers. I love it. Please sign Elisha Taylor. Please sign Elisha Taylor. And yeah. then the media team came back with, okay,
1: sure. <laughs> and that signing was announced. I know. And the funny thing about that was that I was having a talk to them about it because I watched, I followed that on Twitter as well. <laughs> and I had a little bit, a bit of a giggle because obviously I knew that we had signing. We just hadn't obviously announced it. And, um, but obviously the members didn't know. And I said to the media team, you know what's going to happen now? They will just assume that. They can ask you anyone they want. And then that started to happen. Started to get all these hashtags. I think you're going to break their hearts. <laughs>
0: That's great. And I think also another one that I loved that was particularly touching was Jacob Little when oh, he made yes. his debut and yeah. that picture of oh. him and his mum hugging after the game was just, I it loved was,
1: that. It was so beautiful. And actually during the week, we had our, we had a dinner to welcome our new talent to the club and their parents. And Jacob was part of that. And I, and that's what I said to his mum. I went up to his mum and gave her a cuddle. And I said, that photo to me said everything about rugby league. And she was so proud and she was crying and all, you know, it was wonderful. But that was such a special moment for him and – but not just for him, for the family. And I think that's when you re- you remember that it's not just about the players, it's about everybody else. Because you imagine as a mum, probably since he was five years old, she's probably taken him early mornings, training – washing the dirty clothes, doing all the things, you know, that's what happens. And then suddenly this, this, you know, little boy who always wanted, he probably always wanted to play NRL first grade. And, you know, there, and there he is, um, you know, his special moment. And, um, and I, you know, I cried as well for that. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not his mum, <laughs> but I feel like it. <laughs>
0: I feel like I often get teary with stories like that because I think there's still this perception about rugby league and what type of sport it is, but I know so many individuals behind the game and they truly love it and are passionate about it and also
1: do outstanding work in our communities. It's a great sport. It is. It really is. And the the amount of work we do in the community and, you know, um, I think everybody from John Grant across the sport has has, um, called out Dean Towers, being a very exceptional um, young man um, and he, you know, he does a lot of work in the community that people don't even know about. And he has done forever. And, you know, we're so proud of him. And he's, he's retiring this year and he'll go out a superhero. You know, look out for our, um, our game against the Raiders at Leichhardt Oval on, um, in round 26. We, you know, it will be a very special moment for Dean. But, you know, obviously as a club, we want to retain him in some way because he's such an asset to our brand. And, um, and we know that, you know, uh, I think, but not just to our brand, but to the whole sport. If we could if we could clone him. <laughs> but also he's a great role, role model for the young guys. You know, he's part of our leadership team this year. And the younger players coming through really look up to Dean and they're inspired by him because, you know, it's a big commitment to on your day off, um, your nights off, your weekends to going and speaking to people who might need your help. And, you know, maybe it's easy to say, oh, I just couldn't be bothered. But he doesn't. Right? He goes out and he does it. And I, I think it's, a, it's fantastic for the young guys to be inspired by him and they are. And we've had Dean Hallitau also at
0: my work speaking to kids and he yeah. was absolutely outstanding and a really fantastic ambassador, yeah. not just for the Tigers but also for our sport. Absolutely. So we need to celebrate, Dean. I'm looking forward to that yeah. game in yeah, round 26. Yep. It'll um, be upsetting proud. but um, yeah, I know that he'll definitely be part of our sport going forward. Oh, yeah, we'll make sure. And Marina, it's Women in League round this week. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about the significance of the round for you? Oh,
1: look, I think it's extremely important to celebrate the, first of all, the work that women have done, you know, behind the scenes. There are a lot of great women doing great work in this sport that, that don't get the visibility or the kudos. Um, they're not getting the accolades, you know, when the team wins. There are not that many women out there in the middle of the field um, as they're collecting trophies, but there are a lot of women behind the scenes. So I think, first of all, we we celebrate that. The other significance is really to demonstrate that it is a sport for women too. You don't have to play it to be part of it. Um, and I think increasingly, um, there are a lot of women at every level of the sport now. Um, and it, it just reminds women that you can engage with this sport at any level you like. At the moment, you, you mightn't be able to play in, you know, in the NRL competition. That's fine. Um, uh, but you can be part of this great sport. And I, and I just think it's a really important round to have. Um, you know, it'd be great. If, once, When we get to the point where we don't need it, that will be the tipping point when women are all through the sport, so it's really just a sport for everybody, but we're not there yet, and until we reach that tipping point, we must continue to celebrate women in league. Absolutely, end. I love it, and I would hope
0: that in ten years it's not needed. But at the moment yeah. it is, so we recognise how far we've come, yeah. but also the work that we have to do still.
1: Absolutely, and you are a really big part of that, and you know I'm really proud of you, Mary. I think what you've done for this sport has been extraordinary, and for women to feel a part of the sport, to feel engaged, because part of the issue is, you know, you can say to women, "Oh, no, you should feel you should feel like you can come along," but you need to feel. Uh, you need to be able to access it, access it, sorry, and be, um, and, and for it to be inclusive. And you've made it easy for women to access the sport. And, you know, within our club, we launched a, uh, West Tigers women's strategy last year for exactly the same reason. Because again, we have a lot of female fans. We, we could, you know, with a lot of female fans, not as many members, because I think in the past, a lot of women haven't felt like they could be part of it. And we've we've tried very hard to make women feel um, that they can engage with our club in any way that they want to, and I'm, I, I get feedback from women to say that they now feel like they are part of our club, and and we often have um, special events for women, um, and they you know I, I go along and Rosemary who is the other woman on my board she will she often hosts those events she's fantastic, um, so yeah we're trying at every level to make women feel like they can be part of this sport because it's one of the ways that the, that the sport will grow. You know, and we we talk about wanting to grow the sports membership numbers, attendance numbers, that, those kinds of things. We need more women to be able to do that.
0: Absolutely, and I think anything that we can do to demonstrate that women are welcome at all levels of the game, yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. Now, Marina, I got a very special parcel yesterday yeah. in the mail. Your <laughs> book finally arrived for me. I'm going to give it a little plug now. It's called Breakthrough, and I sort of listened to you as you've been on your journey of writing. Thank what you. can I expect when I read your book?
1: Well, hopefully you'll ex, hopefully you'll have a bit of a laugh because one <laughs> sure of the, one of the um, earliest bits of feedback that I got from somebody was, Oh my God, I laughed so hard. And I thought, Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that I'd written a book that was funny, but um, there are parts of it that are apparently very funny. Um, I guess I've been telling these stories over the years. You'll, you'll get to, you'll get to hear about what it was like in media in its heyday in the golden days in the, you know, late eighties, early nineties, um, in the kind of Carrie Packet era of media. Um, you'll get to read about my career journey, which I think um it's one of the reasons that the publisher wanted me to write this book, was so that um women could see that uh someone like me who came from a very ordinary working class background, both my parents are migrants, I went to a state high school, um, I didn't have any networks when I began. That you can if you work hard and you back yourself, which is you know what I say to young women, that you can um, you know, break through, which is kind of my publisher came up with the book with the name of the book, Breakthrough. Um into leadership roles in, you know, any industry you want to. If you work hard, you can do it. I mean, it's it's not easy but, you know, and I and I show in the book that it's not easy. So I guess you'll you'll read about um, the challenges. You'll read about the highs but also the lows of my career. Um, and then along the way I'll give you a little bit of leadership advice um, because the book originally was aimed at um, – the next generation of female leaders. I wrote I wrote a book for them. Um, but um I'm gonna give him a call out. But Alan Hawke, who is the chairman of the Raiders, um, is one of my biggest supporters of this book. And he I think three days after it launched, he sent me a note. I invited him to the launch. He's a he's a lovely supporter of mine. And he sent me a little note saying, I can't come to the launch, but I'm gonna buy the book. And then about two days later he sent me a wonderful review of it and, and said how much he loved it. And then he bought he bought the book for all of his all the women he mentors and his daughters. And then I get uh, emails from random men in various areas of industry telling me that Alan Hawke has told them to go and buy my book and read it. And they've all been buying it for their daughters. So, um, so apparently it's not just for the next generation of female leaders. You can also <laughs> it's for also everyone. For, it's apparently for everyone, including male chairman of rugby league clubs. <laughs> Fantastic. Marina, it has been such a joy having you. I
0: am a big you. fan of yours and a big fan of the West Tigers. My producer will laugh at me because usually in the studio I have one of those Aaron Woods blow-up dolls, <laughs> and I keep him in that corner there. But they've taken him away for some reason. So I think you're doing an outstanding job. And look, we'll see who wins this afternoon.
1: I'll be happy either way. No, the West Tigers.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Marina. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Mary. For more fantastic episodes of the Ladies Who League podcast, be sure to head to ladieswholeague.com to subscribe and to read all our latest blogs.